Montanero? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's Bold, called? Bold, Boldovia? Belgravia? Belgravia? Anyway, that shows the effort that we're putting into this. this we're we're the, already a year and a month late. It's fine. <laughs> this is the Princess Switch podcast where we talk about the Vanessa Hudgens vehicle. One movie at a time, a couple of years too late every time. We're killing it. Absolutely. <laughs> Always. We're also the amateur nerd, so it's in the name, people. Yes. <laughs> We're doing an amateur job on this very podcast episode. I wrote down other information, but, but we hit record and we were like, what are we supposed to say? Brain went blank. It was Montanero. I didn't have my Wikipedia page pulled up, but she, it is yeah, now. Yeah, she's the Duchess of Montanero. She's the Queen of Montanero. And the other version of her is the Princess of Belgravia. Okay, so... so, so- I was right both times. Amazing. <laughs> we're, t- we're talking about the Princess Switch 3, Romancing, Romancing the Star. The star? <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll have to talk about that title because okay. is, is it accurate? Okay. Is Romancing the Stone, that's a movie, right? Uh, is it? And is that a Roman Polanski movie? <laughs> <laughs> Romancing the Stone? Yeah. Uh, so in case you are unfamiliar to this thing we're doing right now we're on hiatus between high school musicals two and three and naturally oh, we need to talk about it's things. robert zemeckis whatever <laughs> i get i get roman polanski and robert zemeckis confused <laughs> i still don't know what you're talking about so there's that too. um roman polanski is a as a bad guy <laughs> so okay um, i just don't know it's what not the a problem is. for them to be referencing a michael douglas and kathleen turner vehicle from 1984. And Danny DeVito. Um, yes. Delightful. Okay. Well, we're talking about the 2001, or excuse me, 2021. 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brain. 2021 Netflix original Christmas romance film, Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, starring Conrad, It's Vanessa funny you Hudgens. mentioned the genre that it's in. <laughs> Christmas because romance? Christmas romance gets uh, a little bit subsumed in this one. It's still there. It's it's the, still there. It's still there. It it this movie ends up cross listed in in several genres. Yeah. Um, it's a so yeah. So movie. it's a Vanessa Hudgens vehicle. If you haven't heard our episodes about the first two, Vanessa Hudgens plays uh, both a a normal woman who is a baker from Chicago, um, and a Duchess, who eventually becomes queen, the baker turned princess is Stacy, and the Duchess turned queen is Margaret. So in the first movie, Stacy marries a prince, and Margaret marries um, Stacy's friend, the baker, Kevin, and the prince is Edward. Edward, yeah. Okay, is there a, is there a British prince Edward too? IRL. Yeah. I mean, historically, yes, not currently. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, I was like, it'd be weird if they I, if there was like Prince Edward. Okay, never mind. And then the second one introduces a third Vanessa Hudgens, Fiona, who is another lookalike of the original two. But and she's Fiona, the cousin of Margaret. Yes, and Fiona tries to kidnap Margaret, Margaret but in the second one, Margaret is Stacy, so she kidnaps Stacy in order to try to become the queen. 
Anyway, Fiona was in the second one. She's a bad guy, but she's back in this one as a morally ambiguous guy. <laughs> Trying a redemption arc? Less yes. successful than Star Wars 9? <laughs> so, Condra, yeah. So we had predicted that maybe they would add a Vanessa Hudgens in this movie. For four Vanessa Hudgenses. For, yes. For the um, third That does movie. not end up happening. No. Despite the fact that they build up to a character reveal late in the movie. Yeah, and we were like, is it also going to be Vanessa Hudgens there? Because we were hoping. We actually guessed uh, a mom version of Vanessa Hudgens in our Princess Switch 2 episode. And the character reveal is a mom character of one of these three, which we will have to talk about later. But it is not also played by Vanessa Hudgens, which is a real misstep on their part. You know, they could have really knocked it out of the park. Add a yeah. fourth bullet point to the Wikipedia page for Vanessa Hudgens. Add a fourth character on the credits where they list Vanessa Hudgens three times for every yeah. different character. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie. It's it, yeah, it, it's it a Netflix movie. The, <laughs> happens ne- the next year where. Stacy and Margaret are planning a big Christmas bash for Montanaro and they're doing all the dirty work. Yes. As so royalty yes. and the head of states. So the movie <laughs> the movie starts out with Stacy doing narration that's like a a summary Recap. of the first two movies with her like little personality jokes in them that are very tepid. Um, and she explains that this year her and Margaret are putting together a big hullabaloo for the star of peace, which is this religious relic that once belonged to the real St. Nicholas. And is on loan from the Vatican to put on top of a tree in the outside. So they have the St. Nick's star, which is this very gaudy and very pointy renaissance <laughs> reliquary. It looks like it could be something real, except for the fact that it has all these like pointy sticks coming out of it. And that just makes it look absolutely terrible, in my opinion. So it does look like actual <laughs> like historical artifacts in that respect, even because it's excess and proof of wealth. So yeah, let's throw some gold spiky bits at it because we're the church and why not? My problem, yeah, but- as always, as a museum, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm a museum professional anymore because I haven't worked in a museum in a few years. But <laughs> a, a classically no way, trained. No way on God's green earth would the Vatican let a reportedly hundreds of year old object be put on the top of a tree outside in a weather. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone go to this podunk country. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> Montanero, who even lives there? Margaret, Kevin, and sometimes Olivia. <laughs> if the Princess Switch doesn't cross over with the Princess Diaries, Genovia, then what are we even doing? I mean, I don't want Genovia tainted. Here's my thing. In the Princess Diaries 2... Yes. They have the stones, which I guess is still a gendered way of saying that. Yes. <laughs> a phrase. They have the audacity, want, Tyler. Yeah, as they we record gold. this on audacity. But to 
make a national anthem for their fake country. Absolutely. And have a guy sing it in the movie. And it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) And we've had three Princess Switch movies. And as far as I know, that hasn't happened yet. No. Granted, my memory of the first two movies is absolutely shot. (laughs) I got nothing for you. That was two years ago. (laughs) But, yeah, so there's this big holiday Christmas-specific thing with the Star of St. Nicholas and the Vatican's there. And Margaret and Stacy are personally running this, which, which yes, is redonkulous. Absurd beyond (laughs) all measures. (laughs) Um, They're like individually doing overseeing the auditions for all the acts and like arranging the table settings. I guess maybe maybe if Margaret as queen is a purely ceremonial position that doesn't have any political power and it's a smaller country like she's not super busy you know visiting orphanages she's just kind of there and they have to figure out something for her to do so she feels important but yes but we've never had mention of a prime minister and yeah. she's she's making it seem in this movie like she also has the weight of other things on her prime minister is a great rival villain character to have in a in a movie like this or a delightful jovial man like in princess diaries yeah yeah or yeah like the completely ineffectual like politician who like only speaks in platitudes and can't get anything done um except the princess diaries guy is effectual is effective Oh yeah, I wasn't. I don't remember that character in the Princess Diaries. He's the I'm one sorry. that sings the national anthem. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so anyway, um, you were you were struck by how uh, casually Stacy dresses. Yeah, she like is wearing the same clothes she was wearing in Chicago, running a bake shop. I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you're the princess of a country. She's got like a green like blazer esque coat, but on. it's like a normal wool coat. It's not like like yeah. Margaret at least looks like she's representative of something like there was time put into her outfit stacy's like yeah this is what was laying on my bed like from yesterday because she wears the same thing over and over again the characterization of stacy is supposed to be that she's like a down-to-earth person who doesn't go in for the glitz and glamour but she's a princess and is representing her country in another state yeah are are belgravia and montanero um, adjacent countries. I don't know. We've never seen a map. There's there's snow on the ground, right? It, yeah. So it's sort it's it's maybe and even like northern. In, there was snow in Belgravia too, because that's so why it's they maybe were there. even like northern Europe, like that middle part where like Germany, like north of France, east of, or west of oh. Germany. Yeah, that Luxembourg part where there's region. yeah, yeah. So Stacy's around and Margaret's around and Condra, the inciting incident of the movie happens off screen. And wouldn't you know it, the, the, the star, star got stolen. stolen. Oh no. And the camera footage was wiped and the guards were drugged and Interpol thinks it might be an inside job. Yeah. So they're not telling the bishop or whoever's transporting the, the object? Yeah, so the, the official from the church doesn't know, which is confusing because 
they have to keep it from him, but it's like an inconsistent plot point. Anyway, yeah. the the detective, the Interpol lady says something about a pie crust promise. Condor, do you remember what a pie crust promise is? Easy to make and easy to break. I think so. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> what the promise was. Easy. Oh, that they would get it back in time for the ceremony. Yeah. She's it was like, just Can weird. you promise me you'll get it back? And she's, she's like, like no. yes, but I'm afraid that would be a pie crust promise. But pie crust isn't easy to make, so I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, maybe it was hard to make, easy to break. Maybe. But uh, it roll it, off the tongue as well. If you're going to use figurative language like that, you can't, like, the purpose of figurative language is to use something that expresses some, like, a, a truth without you having to explain it further. Like, if the shoe fits. Yeah. And they do have to explain it. It's not an already common verbiage. Yeah, if you have to explain it, then you're, like, I'm sorry, poets are great, but you don't want to be a poet in real life. <laughs> or unless they're trying to allude back to Stacy's past life as a baker, and now <laughs> oh, they're just like... I guess, I guess that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to show off to Stacy, like, hey, I know stuff about baking. Yeah. You should hire me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm good. Hire me to run your country's security. While the drama plays out, we get reintroduced to um, fan favorite characters, Mrs. Donatelli and yeah. Frank DeLuca. Yeah, we do. So the head of household and the driver or assistant. Hard to say. All he the, ever the, does is the, drive. The so. middle-aged lady and the middle-aged man who are around to help out. And can freely give their opinion, even though they have nothing to do with it and should probably keep their head out of it because they could easily become the one to blame. <laughs> but yeah, the, they're, they're not even comic relief characters. Frank no. a little bit Frank is. It, Frank becomes one once he befriends the minions. Weirdly Which in is annoying. Movie. Yeah, I, I guess it's... I guess he was a little bit of a comic relief in previous movies. I don't remember. It's hard to remember. But Mrs. Donatelli's <laughs> usually a straight man type character. like And delightful. Yeah. She's, she's yeah, she's fun. Prince Edward is a, is what the uh, Gen Z kids on TikTok would call a, a, a man written by a woman. He he becomes a one note character. What? Um, they, back in my day, it used to be called White Bread. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's very basic. He's nervous and he stupid. still holds a grudge against Fiona for switching and like is very apprehensive about Stacy coming to harm. He's very doting, but in a yes. non-productive way. Yeah, he's he's ineffectual. He's I don't understand how he's going to run a country. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't have any like. Like you can tell when he's around Margaret and Stacy that he is, you know, not the one who is ever going to take charge, which is fine. Yes, you should let the women with power assume their power and not try to overstep that. But like he is like so. He tries in this movie. (laughs) He does have his moment where he um, says nice things about Fiona. Yes, his character arc is, what if he was a nervous dummy for 90% and then at the end, he was a confident dummy? <laughs> if only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that the prince was ever an interesting character in the first place. No, he's the love interest. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, th- and it's fine for the male love interest in a you know female centric movie to be a one note character. Um, God knows there have been more than one female character in a male centered love story that was um, less than one note. <laughs> but I recently watched The Graduate, and The Graduate is really interest. The, the, it's really interesting for like an hour when Dustin Hoffman's interested in the elder Mrs. Robinson. But once he starts dating the younger Mrs. Miss Robinson, it becomes very boring. Like it, the, you're like, why is this? Like, there's no romantic tension here. He's just a being a creepy guy obsessed with his girl. It's weird. So anyway, it's no when Harry met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> so the star is stolen. And Margaret has the idea, if you want to catch a thief, get a thief. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. You have, you have to think like a criminal, right? And so Stacy and Margaret like wink at each other like, huh? You know who I'm talking about? And the prince is like, no, not her. Anyone but her. I don't think he literally says that, but. No, but it'd be more interesting than what he probably did say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. Also, I have no notes here, people, other than the Wikipedia page up. (laughs) So um, we end up in the monastery. Where Fiona is serving her sentence of volunteer hours. Yeah, she was not sent to jail. She has to do community service with with some funny nuns, Condra. (laughs) Everybody loves funny nuns. Honestly, though, this nun is so, like, the mother superior is so relatable because honestly (laughs) I would also be incredibly relieved if my charge her sentence was reduced early and they could get her out of my life I'd be like yes thank god but it hasn't been reduced yet for now they're just like hey what if Fiona came to visit us for Christmas and And the mother superior's like yeah of course she can tell Uh, great love that Um, don't tell anyone (laughs) yeah because there's a deadline she has to be back the day after Christmas for her like annual review Condra funny nuns as a movie cliche so we have blues brothers yes to reverse funny nun yeah it's like the nun is so serious yeah it's like it's a little backwards it's like a straight man type deal the the, like silly nuns like sister act like, yeah, is this just one that. nun that's silly? It's just Whoopi Goldberg that's... I same with, I, same I with Sound of Music? I, like, Sound of Music is old-fashioned, like, not funny nuns. But, like, Maria is a funny nun. And then they sing... But I guess them singing How Do You Solve a Problem, problem like, like Maria, Maria is a funny nun song. Like, what if the nuns were a little funny? Like... Like, I don't know. Like, it's definitely, like, a satirical thing because nuns are, like, associated with being very serious... And in in old fashioned schooling senses, abusive, and that's the Blues Brothers joke. I, gu- I guess my question is: is funny is funny nuns overplayed, or like is it is it ever gonna die? Like, is funny nun ever gonna not be funny? I feel like it's not as much of a thing anymore. I think it's on its way out. It's having a quiet death. <laughs> it's quiet quitting. <laughs> Funny nuns are quiet quitting across the country. (laughs) Just because, like, okay, how many, like, the last nun movie that I can think of that came out is The Doubt? Sister Act 2? 
the doubt is that the one with amy adams and meryl streep is that what it's called i have no memory of a nun movie i just watched some of that recently it's like it's it the the plot of it is like they work at this school and are working to expose the pastor father i don't know the names father it's father because it's catholic yeah father who's played by philip seymour hoffman so that was probably like 2012 is that a serious movie then yeah it's like a wicked serious movie amy adams got her academy award for that movie oh i didn't even realize i guess i didn't know what she got the academy award for yeah it's called down i'm pretty sure but like other than that like nuns in plots i feel like are are lessening i feel like there just aren't that many nuns anymore yeah, I mean that's probably Bring back part of nuns. it. <laughs> I'll um, I'll tell our great aunt you said that who left the nunnery. Um, no, yeah, um, nun the yeah the nunnery is certainly a complicated piece of history. I think what the funny nun trope does is it supposes a world where being a nun is uh a positive community that is empowering mm-hmm. for, oh, um, funny nuns and good omens, um, mm. but they're evil nuns. Yeah, evil funny nuns. Yeah. And I, I, it is my thought that there are certainly some people out there for whom being a nun is that, Re- like. Rewarding. Re- and Rewarding. Fulfilling. Fulfilling experience um, that is specifically tied to femininity in some way. Yeah. But. It does seem like, for a majority of history, it, it's been less than great. Yeah. Unless you were gay, then being a nun was great because you could be kind of with your lover. <laughs> yeah. So complicated is complicated. is the is the message. Yeah. Yeah. But Fiona so is Fiona's not back. quite fitting in. Um, she's got her stilettos and her headscarf. Yeah, her she's very scarf. lazy. She she well, has she a certain number of hours of community service that she has to do, but because she works at such a slow pace, she's not knocking the hours out very quickly. No, I mean it's not by task. It's like when someone's like, "I'm getting paid by the hour," kind of thing. <laughs> uh, well, she takes a lot of breaks. It's implied. Yeah, and so. The movie, I feel like the thing with the Princess Witch movies is you can't have a princess movie with a lady named Fiona because Shrek. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, can't be da- you can't be tiptoeing around Princess Fiona for two whole movies. But anyway. Although she's blonde and not red hair. Yeah. At least that and, helps. But she does do karate kicks. She does. She does do the cool backflips and gets through the she, tight she beats situation. up robin hood yep and his merry men yep with a cool matrix matrix style parody action scene oh man tyler shrek is so good yeah it's just said what if we parodied this very famous movie in animation Fiona comes back and along with her are my favorite characters reggie and mindy what about Frank, Tyler? Are you going to look at Frank and tell tell him that they're your favorite characters? No, yeah. Reggie and Mindy are good. Um, Ricky Norwood and Florence Hall, I think they deserve credit on this movie. They're doing their good job of being like, you know what? I'm 
a quaternary character in a Netflix movie. I'm dumb and pretty, and that's my job. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my ac- my silly British accent. I'm going to yeah, wear my silly little outfit and just have a good time. And they, that's what makes the movie fun because everything else is so trite and boring. It's like, at least we have these guys. Reggie and Mindy are like the definition of no thoughts, head empty, combined with I'm here for a fun time, not a long time. Yeah, um, Reggie's a bit of a himbo. Yeah. And. But like, not, not in the way like Kronk is. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the difference being that Reggie is kind of portrayed as, like, a gay adjacent. Yeah. But not ex- not explicitly ever mentioned, but, like, no. that's the stereotype that he, like, he's the glam squad gay yeah. friend. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, like, he's putting on a voice. I don't, I don't know anything know. about that actor, so. Yeah. I get fun, supportive vibes from those characters. They seem like good friends. <laughs> no, they so, seem a little usey, especially like they're like, oh, oh, they do try to steal things from. Yeah. The, from and they're the like, oh, we're going to go party here. Like how convenient for us that we're friends with it. Like they seem like they've sidled up to Fiona and they're like, yeah, we can be cor- little corruptors, too. And it will get us free stuff. Like I but, had no thought that they were. Like, when Fiona was serving her time, they were trying to find a new person <laughs> and were failing I think they were just sitting there, like, thinking, like, twiddling their thumbs, thinking what they could do without Fiona. I don't think they had any agency to find someone new. Well, that's the thing. They were like, oh, man, we should find someone new, but then didn't. Or, like, we're um, staying at Fiona's castle thing, estate, and we're like, man... It's so nice to not have Fiona here telling us what to do because she was super bossy and mean to them. She calls them minions. They, I think they like Fiona. I think it's a fine balance of we like the perks it gets with being with Fiona. Like at the end when they're like, oh, let's go to the island, whatever. And the implication then- is that they, they like to party together. They like to just hang out and have a good time. And that Fiona's the ringleader, but... She includes them, not because she needs them, but because she somewhat likes them. Anyway, it is kind of a trio akin to the uh, Mean Girls characters. Yeah. You're sort of like outcast trio that has to like forge their own path. Yeah. So uh, when they return to the palace, they start speculating who it might be, what might have happened, and Fiona's like, wait, I gotta go. Ask my guy. I'll be back. So yeah, so Fiona goes to meet with a new character named Peter Maxwell, who is a handsome man played by Remy He, um, who has appeared in Crazy Rich Asians and Spider-Man Far From Home. He's a new addition to the cast. He does a good job being a handsome man, what more could you want? He's a handsome security man. Yes, he used to work for Interpol, but now he does private security and he's very powerful and secretive in that way. He knows a lot of the underground connections. And yeah. so he and Fiona 
theorize that this guy, Hunter Cunard, has the star and that he's this sort of like underground black market guy who likes having this sort of thing. And so the entire premise of the movie is built on the fact that they think that this guy has it. The entire plot, the entire plot happens with them trying to scam this Hunter Kennard guy. They do not have evidence that he has the star. They know that he probably like maybe stole something recently that he has something under high protection, but they do not know for a fact that he has the thing that they are looking for. So the whole heist happens. This movie becomes a heist movie in case you didn't figure it out. Um, and they have not, they've never had a guarantee that he had the star. So anyway, yes. So the movie becomes a heist movie. They decide they need to steal the star back from this guy. They're going to steal the declaration of independence. And well, Fiona has a scene where she like meets with Hunter Kennard to like scope things out. She has to get invited to his party so that the party, the party so they can steal it from him during that time while, you know, while he's distracted. So she meets with him and Fiona's got this like thing about her dating history going on. She was involved with Peter Maxwell and she was involved with this bad guy, Hunter Cunard. It's implied that Peter Maxwell is, well, it's not implied. It's, it's stated that Peter Maxwell was kind of her childhood friend who turned into like the person she had a real emotional connection with. And Hunter Cunard's like the dangerous bad boy. And that she ended up dating at right after or just towards the end of her relationship with Peter. Yeah. So is she gonna stay in her wicked ways and be with the bad boy? Or is she going to, you know, be with the 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 good guy who was always by her side? I mean, it's not the characters are set up like that, but the movie does the movie doesn't make the choice sound as boring as I just phrased it. I also never thought she would fall for Peter again. No, not Peter. For um, Hunter. Yeah. Hunter again. Like it was just, well, that's almost just the, what makes him. it worse. Like it, like it would be interesting if there was a sort of implied, like um, love triangle where, you know, she was had to decide it's really that she is a, a loner who doesn't care about other people and she has to let love in. She has to take down the wall that she's spent years building and crafting to finally say, yes, I will fall in love. Even though Reggie tells Fiona that she is a smitten kitten. <laughs> oh, boy. He teases her and says she's a smitten kitten, um, which is a phrase I liked and write, wrote down. Yes, yeah, so... Um, we're about 45 minutes into the movie. Fiona and Peter Maxwell have a romantic ice skating scene at a winter carnival. Yep. At this point in the movie, it should be declared that there is no princess switch in sight. Nope, none whatsoever. Also, don't is, they have like a, a kind of saucy, spicy laser crossing? Um. So yes, this is part of the heist setup that... Reggie and Peter and maybe one other person are going to sneak in and, you know, go through the lasers and turn off the security and then steal the thing. But while they're training, Reggie gets injured and, oh, no, 
Fiona has to be the one who does the sneaky laser thing. Fiona's secretly really good at it. How can Fiona steal the thing and distract Hunter at the same time? You switch him up. And so, yeah, so the, the switch happens because Reggie falls off of a building and breaks his arm, which is kind of stupid, but I guess they had to get to the, like, you have to pick your poison. Do you want to wait forever for the princess switch to happen, or do you want them to come up with a stupid reason for it to happen? Neither. You want to have a good reason, but. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, Margaret, Fiona had demonstrated that she was secretly really good at crossing the lasers. So that's how, like, instead of cozying up to Hunter, she now has to be the laser crosser. Yes. And let it not be said that her and Peter Maxwell don't have some sort of electric chemistry when they are together doing their their sexy laser crossing this is like it's in the training like montage where it's like wow these two they're so nimble and agile (laughs) like okay take it down a step movie so margaret has to take the place of fiona and distract hunter so instead of vanessa hudgens playing fiona who's pretending to be margaret we have vanessa hudgens playing fiona Margaret, Margaret, who's pretending to be Fiona. So there are layers of acting going on here. It's not just the fact that she plays three characters. It's that she plays a character pretending to be another one of the character. So she has to be the same character, but less good. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like um, the Muppet writers having to write bad jokes for Fozzie. Like, how do you do the version of it that is 50% less? <laughs> I'm thinking it's like, when Helena Bonham Carter had to watch be Hermione, Hermione Granger, yeah, like she watched Emma Watson perform how she would perform it, thinking Emma Watson like pretending to be Bellatrix. Like, there's like multiple layers. Which is it's such a cool thing about like body swap movies or mm-hmm. like Star Trek or like shows like that, where like the characters will occasionally actually like have a scenario where they have to play the other character. And it's so interesting how our brains are so good at interpreting as the the character and not the actor. Like what during a body swap, you're like, wow, Jamie Lee Curtis is doing such a good job pretending to be Lindsay Lohan. You're like, wait, no, Lindsay Lohan is pretending to be Jamie Cur- Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. pretending to be like <laughs> Yeah. It's, yeah, there's it's like weird. five layers and you're like, where does the where's the center of this? <laughs> it's like a glass Am I onion. Real? <laughs> <laughs> well, Glass Onion, another good one. Like you have Janelle Monet mm-hmm. playing a character who's pretending to be the other character, but we never really knew what the original character was. Cassandra was supposed to be. We just know Helen other playing than a Cassandra. southern teacher. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the big Christmas party is happening. Um, they dress up in like fake. Um, cupcake. Tr- no, they're truck. flowers. Flower. Yeah, there's a they're a flower truck. So Frank and the minions are in the flower truck, and Fiona and Peter sneak in the back while Margaret distracts Hunter. Margaret has to drink this disgusting looking candy cane alcoholic beverage that 
Fiona had like said to Hunter at the last place they met, she's like, I will only come for a candy cane martini. Yeah. Just I can't imagine a candy cane like I I guess there are like candy cane vodkas or like candy cane schnapps, maybe. But I don't see making a mixed drink with like literal candy cane. Like peppermint, I get. Candy cane, too far. So, uh, I mean, this is theoretically like the exciting part of the movie. But by this minute run of the runtime, it's like so over. Like, so there's a laser slash tango montage while Margaret is sexily dancing with the dangerous man. And Fiona is you know, sneaking through lasers and it's all set to music as a montage. And it's like, whoa, look at them cross cutting. The editing is so cool how they bounce back and forth. It's not that cool, but I, the thing to appreciate is that Vanessa Hudgens is doing all of this. Mm-hmm. And like she has body doubles, but unless it's the back to them, I assume it's her- like when we have like, Vanessa speaking to Vanessa and they're both in the shot. Yeah. Like, that's the only time I assume there's a body double. Yeah, probably. I mean, maybe a stunt double, but she they seems didn't call like... them stunt doubles. They called them body doubles. Well, if they're doing a stunt, oh, like yeah, the lasers, yeah. yeah, then maybe, yes, there was a stunt. Maybe there was a dancing double on a lift or something. I would think Vanessa could do the dancing. Yeah. I mean, she was in High School Musical, gosh darn it. Hey, just in case we didn't say it. Just in case we didn't say it. The reason we cover these movies is because (laughs) Vanessa Hudgens was in the High School Musical trilogy. And therefore, it's somewhat connected to what we're talking about. Yep, that's it, guys. (laughs) Don't think too hard. Listen. High School Musical's better. I'm just... Like, okay, so what doesn't happen here is that there's there becomes no tension that Margaret will have to sort of go with this hunter guy to really help seal the the deal on this heist. Like, there should be the threat that she's going to have to cheat on her husband in order to get this Christmas I mean, star back. She has to do the, the saucy dance. Yes, Margaret she does the saucy dance, that. but he's like he's like trying to get her upstairs. Yeah, but he keeps getting called away to things, and he's getting annoyed. I'm just saying, like, there should be more tension there. That would make the movie more silly and fun. But they ne- they never even get it that close. I think. I mean, it's all Vanessa Hudgens, so it's irrelevant. But like, <laughs> maybe thinking Margaret would be so like Margaret would never say yes to that. The charade would be broken. Yeah. So that's why that's what makes it more dangerous is because she's torn between acting within her character and being the other person and knowing that the right thing for her to do is to get the star back. And what is she willing to sacrifice in order to get the star back? How far are you willing to go? This is a Netflix Christmas romance movie, Tyler. Yeah. If if it just had like like eight ounces more of guts, then it could be just like a little bit more raunchy. Like just be willing to go there. 
Like that's that's the thing is, if if you're gonna be such like a like if you're not trying to go for something, if you're not going for the Oscar, you're not trying to be prestigious. Go all the way with it. Like, don't don't hold yourself to some arbitrary standard. Go there. People like it when things are a little naughty. They like they like it when things are a little dangerous. For a little naughty, we got a saucy tango slash. Yeah. Whatever. Laser so they, beam. They 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 get away. They barely. Peter Maxwell ends up trying to run in a different direction as a distraction. So Frank and the minions um, at the last minute are able to pick up Fiona. And I guess who has the quote unquote star that yes, Frank in a tossed, bag. or Peter tossed up to her at the last minute. Yes. A la Indiana Jones or national treasure or whatever. There's yep. a swap that, ex- that appears. And then yes, it's later revealed that she doesn't have the star. She has a basketball, which is, Maybe the stupidest thing that happens in this movie. She didn't realize yep. the sack she was carrying didn't have a pointy golden barbed <laughs> star, but a round air inflated basketball. I mean, we're talking about Fiona, though. Yeah, fair enough. Margaret makes her get away, but she can kind of just walk out of the party. Yeah. I don't think like, he's even riding like in your- the same van. No, she's not. She drives the fancy red car. So there's two cameos here. First cameo, while Margaret is getting about to, you know, get in with Hunter, she runs into an old classmate of hers who is actually a character from the Christmas Prince franchise. That would be Count Simon. Yeah, so I have never seen the princess. Nope. Christmas Prince movies. I don't even know the name of them, <laughs> but I've watched a YouTuber review the Christmas Prince movies. So that's basically the same thing in my brain. <laughs> and Simon is a similar role to Fiona's in the Christmas Prince movies. In that movie one, he's trying to take the throne and. Um, and then he's like moderately redeemed in the sequels. Yeah. So I guess the thing that we haven't said is that like Margaret has to like play up the Fiona characteristics. So she doesn't recognize this guy, but she pretends to flirt with him. She gives him a good old meow. Which the fact that that's like a Fiona thing is just weird. It's 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 weird. Like when she walks in earlier in the movie and she meows at Kevin or Edward. And you're like, he's a married man. That. it's, controls it's, the country. It's I like how Fiona as a character doesn't doesn't play into the like structure of power. Like she is above that in a fun way. Yeah. Oh, the thing that we haven't talked about is the the Fiona and Peter relationship is defined by a flashback earlier in the movie where yeah. Fiona's mother drops her off at her boarding school for Christmas and Peter is kind of there to comfort her. And what's really cool is you get these like younger versions of them. And I don't know, in a, in a world where Vanessa Hudgens has kind of bounced between being different ethnicities in movies, Mm -hmm. cough, cough, high school musical, cough, cough. It's cool to see that they cast like a young Asian actress 
to be the younger version of Vanessa Hudgens in the sense that like they weren't trying to like hide it or anything. They weren't trying to like run away from it. They were like, yeah, that's what this character is. So it was, it was cute. I liked the cute kids. <laughs> a couple things that didn't a hundred percent make sense with the cute kids is that the mom drove to the boarding school on pickup day and it was like, sorry, honey, you're not actually coming home with me. <laughs> and to that Peter was just sitting outside knowing he wasn't getting picked up. So he was just sitting in the cold waiting to say goodbye to Fiona. And then he was like, well, I guess you're here now. Yeah. And then Peter and Fiona have this thing where it's like, if you look up at the North Star, then I'll be looking up at the North Star and we'll always be together. And that's like a little kid that that's like a parent thing. I feel like that's a weird two kids saying it to each other thing. Like, I feel like that is a common reoccurrence in like army movie, like army parent movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a thing of like, okay, if you look at this picture, then you'll know that I'm always with you in your heart. Feel your heartbeat. That's our connection. Like, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff like that. So anyway, Fiona gets back and she doesn't have the star. It's a basketball. So they're like, oh, no, we did all that for nothing. But turns out she got a secret message from Peter saying, meet me at this time and place at the at the old school that we used to be at. And turns out that Peter has dug up a little surprise in order to get Fiona a little bit of closure. The thing that he really, instead of just helping her get the star back, he has to pull a fast one on her. And be like, yeah, you know how your mom's been trying to call you for years? Well, I brought her to this country so you can figure your life and relationship out. So the whole movie's kind of a play for it to be like, what if at the last minute he switched out the, the, the MacGuffin star, but it was just so that he could trick Fiona into talking to her mom. Which is weird. We didn't really, there, like there's light, like, oh, she had a fraught relationship with her mother because she came from a wealthy family and her mom must have had things to do or whatever. But apparently that's not the case. Apparently her dad was abusive, which she didn't know about. <laughs> so, yeah. So getting into the So, yeah, it's all it's all weird how like the third act twist of like, oh, no, we didn't actually get the star back is just set up for this like very melodramatic um, reunion scene. So, yes, Fiona's mom is played by Amanda Donahoe and she is a th- Theoretically famous actress that's a, you know, a good get for a movie like this. She won a Golden Globe for being in L.A. Law in 1992. She's a TV actress, really. Um, Like, I guess there are people who watched this that knew who she was. I Again, it would have been cooler if they put Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens in old makeup. Yeah, that... That is far and away gonna get get more of a pop for your movie. You're she's already there. Like six months later, 
you don't even like you don't even bother with the the advertisement and you just put that on the poster on Netflix. You're like, "Oh, there's four Vanessa Hudgenses now and one of them is old." Like, it doesn't matter that it's the surprise at the end of the movie, like that's what people are paying to see now. How many Vanessa Hudgens can we see in one movie? So yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing. I guess they they didn't they didn't close that door for if they ever make another one. Yeah, which, there's still Margaret's mom. Stacey's and Stacey's mom, mom has got it going on. I mean, if it's Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> so yeah, they have a really it's so long, and nothing is said yeah, other they, than like the talk, revolution. Yeah, they talk about the abuse as you were saying. And that's like the mom's like, I was struggling just as much as you were struggling. And it's like, great, cool. I have no investment in this relationship. Yeah. I just want them to bring the star back and for the movie to be over. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, too, because Fiona like walks out on her mom and then feels bad and walks back in. But there's really no reason why. I guess in the sort of realistic emotional movie logic, it's like, you don't need a reason for feeling bad. You, the act of walking out on her might have made her realize that it was a mistake and she wanted to go back in. But in like a, a screenwriting sense, there's like not really much there. I think the other thing, too, that doesn't make a lot of sense with this is that Fiona is already on her way out of the country. Like they just gave up and it's like, Merry Christmas, y'all. We're going to an island. So, like, even in that sense, it's not, like, Fiona, in returning to her mother, she's not only signifying, like, a turn of trying to connect with her past or with her mom specifically, but also that she's not turning her back on her family. So, I guess she's, like, when she goes back to Margaret, it's like, well, that makes sense. Like, she's chosen good life over party life i guess yeah i don't know i've been trying to like it's it's weird because the the movie sets up her relationship with peter maxwell as the character growth is she going to stop pushing people away and admit that she can settle down with this man which the movie didn't need the mom reunion to do no it could have been like it could have he could have done the whole switcheroo and been like I'm going to give this back to you if you realize that you're in love with me and I'm in love with you and we could be together and we could stop messing around. Yeah. Like that could have been the twist too. Honestly, I was kind of expecting that when we were watching it and like she met him at the school. I was like, oh, it's going to be like the I love you moment kind of thing. And then there's going to be a little party. So would you have liked that less, I guess? Because it's more predictable. I feel like for what this movie is, it would have made more sense. Because at the same time, we we forgot a whole part of this movie, Tyler. Stacy (sighs) got Fiona out of her sentence by going to her hearing. And Edward said a nice thing about Fiona. (laughs) So, yeah. So Fiona's hearing got moved up to like Christmas Eve or whatever. Weird. Yeah. Um, December 23rd. It was supposed to be on the 26th and they moved it to be before Christmas because that's more convenient for everybody. Naturally. Uh, and so 
Stacy, the baker down to earth, Vanessa Hudgens has to pretend to be Fiona and she's doing a significantly worse job than Margaret. Because she didn't get the one-on-one training that Margaret got. But she shows up and Edward's there to speak as a character witness. (laughs) And he's like so bad at it that he accidentally calls her his wife and not the person who kidnapped his wife. Yep. And for some reason, it gets very messy where like, Stacy starts trying to suggest that they put her on more, like a longer sentence. Yeah, like Stacy's being vindictive. <laughs> Which is weird. And then the prince is doing like a bad job of defending her. And the the trial people are still like, you know what? You felt so bad that we're going to commute your sentence. And then it's like, yay, except they weren't trying to do that. So that part of the movie is very messy, but we get more of the funny nun who's very happy that they don't have to deal with Fiona anymore. Yep. So Stacy and Edward had their like little cute couples moment. They're definitely sidelined in this movie in a major oh, way. Yeah. yeah, nope. This is not the Stacy show anymore. But tragically. No more sidelined than Kevin and yeah. his daughter are. Kevin is done dirty in this movie. Let's be honest. Kevin is hardly in this movie. And Olivia, the daughter character, makes like two scenes of appearance. She does like the Karate Kid 3. Like, I'm going to call in so that you know where I am in this movie. And so that where I am is explained. But then not be in the rest of the movie. But then she does appear like Kevin has to go pick her up from the airport. And that's what he's doing in this movie. Yeah. And it's still the recast, Olivia, but it's the same one as in the previous movie. I forgot that she was recast. Oh, yes. Yes. She was recast as a lighter skinned actor to many people's disappointment, including ours. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah. So Olivia and Kevin and Stacy and Edward are all back and they announce the Christmas star. They get it back. Um, The guy from the Vatican was none the wiser. And there's the big party and Fiona's wandering around the big party and she finds Peter and they look up at the North Star and they're like, wow, we're together finally. Because she had originally left the the school being like, no, Peter, we're not going to work out. And then again, it's like, okay, now we are. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They share a kiss under the fireworks because. Everyone she, kisses. All three ev- Vanessa Hudgens kiss. All the kiss, kisses. Which yeah. is hilarious when you think of Vanessa Hudgens, like, lining up to kiss each hot man. <laughs> Honestly, the real winner here is Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> well, no, the real winner are the men who get to kiss Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> So, yeah, because, like, Fiona turns around and sees her minions, like, playing with Frank or whatever. And then it's like, no, I choose you and my I deserve to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done being with these silly people. And she's she's made up with her family. And I think that's the happier part of it to me. Like, like Margaret and Fiona and Stacey can trust each other now yeah and like like that you know feminine bond is a more interesting plot thread to look at than like can this girl fall in love with a hot guy tyler 
We forgot something so important. What? We had the return of Magic Man. Oh, yeah. I, I said there was two cameos, and then we skipped the we second skipped one. cameo, too. So, yes. The Magic Man is the coat check guy at the party, and he gives Margaret her coat back on the way out. Like, to help her escape, because maybe she would have been caught if Magic Man had not been there. Yeah. So, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... Yeah, so there's the big party at the end. They do the star. The whole tree lights up. Everyone kisses. It's rather boring. It drags on. You just want the movie to be over. Yes. But then weirdly, they win you back in the credits. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves funny dancing on set. Yes. So the credits is, what if we had every character do a silly dance? And so in the different set pieces, they have different assemblies of characters dancing all to the same song. It's funny when you think about it from a, um, a mid production standpoint where it's like, okay, we're wrapping on this set today, but before we go, we're going to play a snippet of this song that you've heard a thousand times and you're going to dance to it. And then in editing, we'll clobber it all together. Mm -hmm. And Vanessa Hudgens is in it in all forms as well as some of her body doubles. Yes, that was cool is sometimes you get to see like someone who's in the same outfit, but, or I guess a different Vanessa Hudgens outfit, but playing the same character. It's a, it's a good enough pop Christmas song to play over the credits. I wouldn't play it on the radio, but. No, it's like the opening song in the first Princess Switch that it's like not quite a Christmas song we know, but like almost. Yeah, the classic Hallmark movie fair. And so, yeah, the dancing is fun and everyone's dancing. The nuns are dancing. The children, the, the, you know, the kids, the, you know, Frank and Mrs. Donatelli, the, the evil, not, they're not evil. Um, I guess maybe the bad guy dances too, but I was talking about the, um, the minions. No, the, the minions are cute when they dance. Um, the Interpol <laughs> they're, they're dances. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the the people who are on like the judicial board for Fiona, mm, like they dance, yeah. and they're yeah, like they these do. very like stoic characters. Yeah, they have three lines among the twelve of them. <laughs> so, yeah, dance party to end the movie that always feels good. But yeah, Condra, add, I guess we didn't do this with Mean Girls, but should we come up with a rating for this movie? Out of five prickly barbs. I was going to say uh, Stars of Peace, so at least we're on the right track. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm yeah, individual golden barbs on the Star of Peace. How many okay. are you rating? Um, a two. Yeah, I think two or even one and a half is fair. I wouldn't be mad if someone said two and a half. I think, okay, my friends were asking if I would rate the movies or rank the movies. Is that something oh. you feel you could do? Or- Can I <laughs> Do I, don't, I remember I, the second I wasn't one? Even, yeah, I wasn't even confident enough. I think if you're going to watch one of these movies, you should watch one of them with three Vanessa Hudgenses. Yeah, I feel like two was probably the strongest because there was the most switching in it. Like one switching. Well, I think one had the strongest story, which, you know, is saying nothing because all yeah, the strength The baking competition with no drama at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that one might have had the strongest story, but I think Vanessa shines brightest when she's all three. So I'm going to go two, one, then three. 
Yeah, I, and I don't even know if the second one is good. Like, I don't remember it at all. But I'm I, yeah, I remember so little about the second one, other than that there's like the kidnapping. It's really contrived. Fiona's almost unbearable in the second one. Mm-hmm. It's weird because she's Fiona is she does a good job playing Fiona in this third one, but it's so it's, it's pretty annoying in the second one, which which is I guess the intended effect, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, what I told my friends is I think I would rather watch Christmas Dance Reunion than mm. any of these three movies. Absolutely. And which is weird because Christmas Dance Reunion, not a good movie. No, but <laughs> Monique Coleman and Corbin Blue were delightful. And it feels, yeah, it feels like it has something, which is weird because like you'd think the, Chris, the Princess Switch movies have enough of a, a pull, but they really don't. Like... I'd say if you haven't seen any of them and you want to watch the third, like I might say just jump straight to the third one because the, the, the joke of watching the third one without having seen the first two could, could be enough to make it watchable. So I was looking further down on the Wikipedia page and Rotten Tomato film has an approval rating of 53% based on 15 reviews with an average rating of five out of 10. (laughs) Weirdly, there are some four out of fives for like some specific reviewers, like like non Rotten Tomatoes, like um, users. Like, no, like it says Telltale TV. Alicia Gilstorff rated the film four out of five stars. <laughs> the New York Times has a bad one, and I there's another. It's five point five out of ten on IMDb. Yeah, no, I mean, middle of the road, I feel, yeah, there's another, Screen Rant has four out of five. I think it's, like, and they're all saying Vanessa Hudgens' efforts are the reason this movie is watchable. Like, the fact that she's playing all three and is just knocking it out of the park. But they're all being like, yeah, it's silly and it is what it is, but yeah, there's- Vanessa is great. It's a movie that, like, if someone wants to put it on, like, it's not going to ruin your day. No. But there's no reason to put it on. No. I feel like, not that I've seen the Christmas Prince movies, but I feel like those are going to make you feel bad. Like, these ones at least look good. Like, the makeup is well done. Costuming is okay. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the third one, yeah, the third one, you know, it looks decent. You're right. This the sets aren't cheap. The the staging never feels too boring. No, it doesn't feel necessarily like a small Hallmark Netflix movie. Yeah. All right. So we, we rated it. it. We we talked about, you know, I had fun. It's always interesting like going in and being like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to say about this movie. And then the weird thing is when two people talk, there's like this weird magical effect where new things come out that what you would never would have realized if you just thought about it yourself. So it's almost like dialectic is a beautiful thing. Magical way of learning for people <laughs> and should be utilized in more spaces. Anyway, Condra, any is there anything good you've watched lately that you want to shout out? Um, yeah. For people his that have made materi- it this far? His Dark Materials the HBO series, all three seasons are out now. 
I'm a huge fan of the books by Philip Pullman. You might not be familiar with the books by calling it His Dark Materials, but you've heard of The Golden Compass. The Golden Compass <laughs> and the, the Subtle Knife. And the Amber Spyglass. So um, they were beautifully done. Uh, animations, visual effects were really good. All the acting was superb. Uh, James McAvoy is Lord Asriel, um, which was fun. Lin-Manuel Miranda is in it. Uh, Andrew... Lloyd Webber. No. The guy Dice who Clay. plays Moriarty in Sherlock is okay, in it yeah, as he's well. Um, and he was really good. Basically, just like, I love that story. And if Wrinkle in Time didn't exist, or if I hadn't read Wrinkle in Time first, Golden Compass series would probably be my favorite kind of series of that. Like, they just feel similar in my brain. So I don't think I, like, I have to put wrinkle and time over yeah but, like um, vaguely postmodern middle fantasy. fantasy yeah in a way that's like post c.s lewis yeah because <laughs> like hobbit will still rank for me but i love i love that series and uh, i thought they did a fantastic job with it and it's not super long um which is nice too it's only three seasons yeah and they did with that series what i think people my age wish Harry Potter would be in a few years like the book treatment so give it nine to twelve episodes that are an hour long so you can really dive into character and like minor plot points and the complexities of the world as well as like the overarching stuff if they ever end up doing that with Harry Potter it's gonna be not so <laughs> yeah Especially after all this time. Yeah. But what about you, Tyler? Anything good? Oh, thanks for asking. You go to the movies all asking. the time. So thanks I'm sure asking. you've got um, something good. The Menu is now on HBO Max. If you have that, I highly recommend it. Matilda the Musical on yes! Netflix. Glass Onion that on Netflix. so good. Both of those Matilda. are the things that I've just, you know, been thinking about. Yeah. Keep, keep up on this. You know, keep listening to this podcast. And then you can keep getting... My movie recommendations. Um, just watch Matilda the Musical over and over again. So it will come back on tour in the United States because I want to see <laughs> it again on stage. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what else can we plug, Condra? Um, We can plug seasons Us. one. <laughs> yeah. Seasons one, two, three, and four of this here podcast feed. So go listen to Fantastic Mr. Fox, but start at like episode 13. <laughs> when we have the audio slightly figured out <laughs> yeah uh season two is dr horrible sing-along blog three is high school musical one four is high school musical two we still don't have a set date for when three is coming out yet we're enjoying this break guys it's our first break in five years <laughs> so please give it to us we were um, on a break no like like friends <laughs> Anyway. Oh, oh, and new Avatar is coming out this year. So if nothing else in your life you have to look forward to, new Avatar The Last Airbender comes out this year. I've been watching Twin Peaks The Return. Oh. But that's old now. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. At Amateur Nerds on Twitter. You know, that Maybe. website still exists. Uh, 
What if we what if we did just make a private Discord for all six of our fans? All six of our friends? You mean not fans? <laughs> the people friends. half of them who are already in the Discord for yeah. recording. Anyway. Yeah. Email amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Um give us some ideas for decom of the week segments or movie of the week segments, because we're moving to the theater now. Rate, yeah. review, subscribe. Yeah, tell, tell your friends. Friend. Tell your mom. Tell your arch nemesis. Honestly, they you might be doing them the biggest solid of them all. <laughs> and yeah, catch us next time. I've been Tyler. I have been Condra. And we'll find out what happens to Zach Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, Corbin Blue, Monique Coleman, and the other two. <laughs> you can bet on it. Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Grabiel. <laughs> <laughs>